0: Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. So wherever you're listening today, whether in the car or exercising or just part of your daily inspiration, I hope you can gain a new view of yourself, your life, and your purpose. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about finishing what you started. As a young girl, Laura loved to ride horses bareback over the hills of her father's Maryland farm. And when she wasn't riding, she was reading, sometimes reading her favorite novels over and over again. By the time she reached junior high school, she'd written a desk drawer full of short stories, which she wrote when she was supposed to be doing her homework. She read and wrote stories about horses and racing. Her favorite? About an unlikely jockey named Red and a misfit racehorse. More than anything, her short stories seemed to say to her, you were born to be a writer. At Chevy Chase High School, she made a big impression on her English teacher, and Laura began to think, to dream, that someday she would pen a literary masterpiece. Now, not long into her college experience, she became deathly ill. She couldn't stand or sit up in bed and had horrible vertigo. When she would eat, debilitating nausea would set in. And with her energy gone, scared and confused, she dropped out of college and moved home. There, her health plummeted downward. Finally, doctors diagnosed her with chronic fatigue syndrome, a condition with no cure or treatment. Trapped in her home, Laura felt totally confined. Her world had narrowed to her bed and her window. Her family and friends didn't understand her sickness, thought it was laziness or depression, which left her feeling even more isolated. She said her life had become something unrecognizable. She wondered, how did my life turn out like this? How did I get so far from my goals in the life that I imagined? Now, while not perhaps to her extreme, I think all of us experience this from time to time. How have I strayed from my goals? How could my life be so different from the person I thought I would become? How come I haven't yet done what I set out to do? You know, we all find ourselves at times held back by habits, unmet goals, and life's misdirections. Perhaps at times we don't see a way to get back on track to who we really are. If this sounds a little familiar to you, then take a lesson from Laura. One day, while confined to the upper room of her home, Laura made a decision. She decided, regardless of her circumstances, to write. At first, she tried writing at her desk, but the nausea and dizziness would set in, so she wrote in bed, often writing with her eyes closed so she couldn't see the room spinning around her. But she still wrote, and it took her six weeks to write her first 1,500 words. Then one day, she found some added strength. She found a photograph of one of the horse jockeys in her pile of short stories. It was a photo of Red Pollard. As a young girl, she had read her favorite short story about him. He was too tall, too heavy to be a jockey. A horse had kicked him and blinded him in the right eye. He had fractured his back, hip, legs, and ribs. And at one point, he spent 12 years living in horse stalls, starving himself, trying to live his dream. As she looked at him in that photograph, and he looked back at her, she knew. For years, he'd been calling to her to tell his story, and she knew then what her literary masterpiece would be, a story about Red, and in a way, about herself. Day after day, in pain, imprisoned in her home, for five years she labored. In September of 2000, she mailed her manuscript off to the publisher, and in March 2001, Laura Hildebrand's book, Seabiscuit, became the number one best selling book in America. Since, it has sold millions of copies. The story was about a horse who was bred to win, but didn't. Seabiscuit lost his first 17 races, was eventually sold off to an owner of a car dealership, and you may know the rest of the story. Revived by a new trainer and a jockey who was broken himself, Seabiscuit would become Horse of the Year in 1938. And his statue still stands proudly at Santa Anita Race Park. Well, boosted by her success, Lara, while still suffering from her chronic condition, would write another book, Unbroken, a World War II story about survival, resilience, and redemption. It was a second and unexpected triumph over her own circumstances. Now, I don't know all that Laura went through to reach her goals, but I do know she did something very few of us ever do. She decided. Inspired by Red's photo, she decided she would finish what she started. She decided, despite her circumstances, her condition, her limitations, that sitting in her desk drawer was the story she had started years ago and she would finish it no matter what. Can't you see? It is our decisions and not our circumstances that determine our destiny. I wonder at times if we've really decided, if you've really decided, what goal in life, what start to your life story as sitting home in your desk drawer, waiting for you to finish it. I suspect many of you over the years have written down on a piece of paper a goal or two about your business or life. For some, that piece of paper once hung on your mirror or wall, and maybe it said, I will get out of debt, or I will earn my degree, or I will grow my business. And over the years, as circumstances arose, it found its way to the bottom of the pile And from time to time, you see it and you pick it up and you remember the feeling of hope you felt when you first wrote it. Have you slowed down long enough lately to imagine, to think what it would feel like to reach that goal? Ever considered the feeling of crossing the finish line, that finish line moment when you can look back and see you rose above your circumstances and finish what you started? The sense of accomplishment you may get when you say to yourself, I did it. You see, so many of us have set goals, but when it comes to doing what is necessary, we falter, don't we? We let mood and feeling and life get in the way. And you may question from time to time, can I ever do what I set out to do? At times, we all feel inadequate. And maybe you came here to this podcast today carrying a burden of feelings or inadequacy yourself. If so, let me tell you something of which I am absolutely certain. You have greatness and power within you, and you are greater than your fears and stronger than your circumstances and more powerful than your habits. And like Seabiscuit, you may have lost a few races. So what? You were bred to do what you were meant to do, and your time has come. You have the DNA inside of you to rise above your past failings and mistakes. And like Laura Hildebrand, what you can achieve is far beyond what you thought possible. There is a goal calling you to finish what you started. And you are more precious and valued by your maker than you can possibly imagine. You can grow beyond your past plateaus, your past mistakes, and your past weaknesses. And it's time to let them go. Nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. So just as Laura saw herself as a writer, maybe you need to step up to your true identity. Now, here's a simple example of the power of knowing your identity. If you really knew, I mean, you saw a vision of it, and it was certain that your nine-year-old son would grow up to be a world-renowned heart surgeon, would you treat him differently? Yes, because you know who he really is. Your language, what you emphasized, what school you enrolled him in, and how you interacted with him would change, wouldn't it? When he failed his first science test, would you let him drop out of science? No, because you know who he really is. The same goes for you. When you know who you really are, when you see who you are becoming, you act differently. You have power to reach goals and finish what you started. This is an extremely powerful principle of following through on your goals. You have to put on your identity. Years ago, I started to run for exercise. Now, I'm a mediocre runner. I have nothing to brag about in running. I am not an elite athlete. I am slow and nothing special. But after running my first marathon, I decided I was a runner. I am a runner, not because I am the fastest or the best at it, but because I run. And I think running is a great metaphor for business or life because you get out of it exactly what you put into it. Now, there's something about runners you should know. I've run some very tough marathons, over 20. And what I've learned is this, when things get tough and you're running on fumes, your muscles cramp, you throw up, you're delirious, you keep running because there's simply no way out of the hell that you're in other than to finish. Quitting is not an option for real runners. There's no way out because you are going to cross that finish line no matter what. This is something that non-runners rarely understand. I don't quit because I am a runner. I ran the last 10 miles of the Phoenix Marathon on a broken foot because I am a runner. If I didn't see myself as a runner, if I was just a casual participant, I would have quit. How do you see yourself? Can you see the power to persevere that comes from this view of yourself? Now, I also see myself as a teacher, not because I'm the best or I have the best voice or even the best content, but every day because I see myself that way, I'm adding to my skills, finding better content and getting better as a speaker. There's a level of creativity and energy about what I do because I see myself as a teacher. You see, that's the thing. Sometimes we get caught in the trap of thinking, if I can't be the very best at something, then I won't identify with it. And as long as we keep that view, the start stops us and we never risk. We never really decide. And if we never decide to do what we were meant to do, to risk our time and effort, to risk failing, to put our identity on the line, we go through life in an endless retreat, running from our true selves. And some of you have been retreating for a while. Trying to decide when you will finally let the spirit of what you felt inspired to be and do move you to write a new story for your life. So, how do you do that? Well, the first thing is to find your X factor. Now, Webster defines your X factor as a quality in a person that has a strong but often undescribable influence. In other words, it's what differentiates you from anyone else. It's that undefinable something that makes you remarkable. Why find it? Because when you do, it will empower you. It will give you inner drive. You will know what to magnify and how to stand apart in your individual endeavors. Now, you may think, I don't have an X factor, but that isn't true. We all have one. The difficulty is finding it and seizing it. One of the most famous studies in social sciences took place at a manufacturing plant outside of Chicago. The researchers were experimenting with different ways to increase productivity. They selected a small group of workers to be part of the experiment. The researchers brought the group together and explained that they were going to look for ways to increase output in the factory and would be changing factors to see the impact. Over the next few weeks, they started their experiments by raising the light levels in the plant. When they did, productivity increased. When they lowered the light levels, surprisingly, the productivity increased again. They raised the temperature, output increased. They lowered the temperature, it increased again. Over and over again, with every condition change, output increased. Now, unable to decipher these results, researchers interviewed the workers. And after some discussion and questioning, the workers finally admitted that they felt special when they were selected to participate, that they had something to work for, to fight for. And as a result, it didn't matter what conditions changed, they improved. Now, this came to be known in scientific literature as the X factor. Some of you have been looking for an X factor in your own life and an X factor in your team and business, perhaps. Well, take a lesson from this research. When people are set aside and know that they have something worth fighting for, they will rise to the level of performance required. Something worth fighting for is the X factor. So let me ask you, what inside of you or in your life is worth fighting for? What gives you that X factor? Nia was born in Winnipeg, Canada. Her mother was a bookkeeper and her father a developer. And all through her ordinary childhood, she knew she wanted to be an actor. If there was a show tune, she was singing it. In her large family, if you had something to say, you had better be funny or smart because there was a lot of competition for airtime. Her family and friends had no connection to Broadway or Hollywood, so she set her sights on the Toronto Second Theater Company. She auditioned and was rejected. So she got a job at the ticket office. She knew her DNA was programmed for something special, so she waited. Not long into the first production, one of the performers was rushed to the hospital just before the start of the show, and Nia stepped in. After her performance, she got noticed and was soon picking up regular jobs with the company. Two years later, that would parlay into roles at the Chicago Second Theater Company, and that parlayed into secondary roles in Hollywood. But she got very few big opportunities on screen. Here she was, 15 years into her career, she couldn't rise above the status quo and everything just felt stalled. Seemed like nothing worked out like she thought it would. Things just didn't fall together. Needless to say, she was discouraged. Have you ever felt that way? 15 months or years into your goals and unable to achieve them, unable to find that X factor that helps you reach your goals? If so, learn a lesson from Nia. Slaving away in Hollywood, unable to land a meaningful role, always achieving less than she thought, she took assessment of her situation and she decided. She decided if she wanted a role, she had to write it. She knew she could act, but she had to become a skilled writer. So she learned to write. For the Drew Carey Show and other shows, she got writing jobs and began to improve. But her writing didn't lead to roles in acting. And she kept asking herself, what am I missing? Then one day she realized in all the writing she was doing, she wasn't connecting with what made her her. Connecting with her X factor. You see, people don't buy it as much as they buy you. And she realized this, that her writing needed to have her own flavor, to let her own quirkiness shine through and use comedy to show her own life. She was trying to write something other than herself, and she needed to let herself shine. So, she wrote a screenplay. It was a one-woman play based on her childhood. Once the play was written, she performed the play for six weeks at the Hudson Backstage Theater in Los Angeles. The play was about a Greek family welcoming a non-Greek son-in-law into their family. And soon, the word was out among Greek Orthodox churches in the area. And Rita Wilson, who's of Greek origin, saw the play. Wilson then convinced her husband, Tom Hanks, to see the play as well. And not long after that, Hanks' production company, Playtone, contacted Nia about producing the film based on the screenplay. They teamed up and went to work. And the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, would only cost $5 million to make, but it would go on to become the top-grossing romantic films of all time with initial box office sales of $368 million. What was the X factor? Nia letting herself shine and buying into the Greek story she was running from. The minute she changed her approach, her future changed. So, what about your X factor? Well, to find it, the first thing you need to do is let go of the old story. You know, the old story of Who you've been and what's been in your way, such as I'm not a good communicator or I can't follow through on my goals because of my circumstances. How do you get rid of that old story? Well, like Nia, learn to write. Write a new story. Write the story that takes the best part of you and magnifies it. Write the story that declares who you are. And part of that story is a clear vision of what you're trying to do and what it looks like when you cross the finish line. You see, here's what I've learned. Change is not linear. Rare is the person who can write out a list of to-dos and tasks and have that lead to lasting change. Change is inspired. It's instinctive. It's creative. It stirs you inside. It brings out the best feelings you have. And it's those feelings that lead to your emotional ability to dream and create goals that pull you forward. I learned about the power of creativity and feeling when my oldest daughter, Kristen, was five years old and learning to ride a bike. It was a sunny Saturday morning, and I decided it was the day for her to master riding her bike without training wheels. So I went to the garage, took out my wrench, and promptly removed the training wheels from her bike. I called her outside and proclaimed that she was about to ride a bike without training wheels. Well, I could see in her eyes that she was afraid. It hadn't been her decision. She reluctantly climbed aboard the bike, and I ran aside her, encouraging her to pedal and take control of the balance of the bike, but she couldn't. She was too afraid of falling to take control. And after 30 minutes, we both gave up, discouraged. It had been about what I wanted, not what she wanted she wasn't filled with the X factor, that feeling of creativity and excitement about learning to ride a bike. Therefore, it didn't work. Now, it was only a few days later that I was driving home from work, and I saw her riding her bike down the street as if she'd been riding for years. You see, her friend had mastered riding a bike without training wheels, and Kristen wanted the feeling of being with her friend. She craved the connection and joy of doing something together, so Kristen had gone into the garage, retrieved her bike, and Only with a few practice runs and encouragement from her friends, she started to ride with no problem. Now, why could she do what she had failed only a few days earlier to do? She found the X-Factor inside her. She rode without fear when she wanted to do it. When she had to do it, she was afraid and tentative and stressed. When she wanted to, she was adventurous and bold and enthusiastic Now, it's the same for us in almost any endeavor. When we find the adventurous feelings rise up inside of us and our creativity elevates, there's power. That's when we find the X factor. Now, you may be asking, McKay, I have so many things in life that I have to do that I can't decide what's my priority, what I should pursue, where that X factor is. If so, take a lesson from my favorite short poem that goes like this. Whenever you're called to make up your mind and you're hampered by not having any, the simplest way to solve the dilemma you'll find is simply by flipping a penny. No, not so that chance can decide the affair as you're passively standing there moping, but as soon as the penny is up in the air, you'll suddenly know what you're hoping. For most of us, We have felt the tugging of what we are supposed to do in life, but we've avoided it because it takes work and repetition. And what we haven't done is locked into the X factor, the feeling, the part of us that needs to express who we are and what makes us unique. You must be able to both see and choose your course of action to make that X factor work. You see, When we're free to choose a course of action, we're motivated because it's something we want. The problem is sometimes we don't think we're free to choose. For instance, we can feel stuck in a job that isn't fulfilling, and we feel like we can't choose another job or career because we're not trained to do anything else. Years ago, I wrote a book with Dr. Michael Croth, and the book teaches how to change the direction of your career and find your X factor. It teaches this principle of breaking free from seeing ourselves as stuck in our circumstances. For example, You may feel stuck in your job because you make a good living, but you don't have time with your family, and you're afraid if you go anywhere else, you won't make the same income. This is false thinking focused on the short term. Croth himself was working for a large company in HR, and he was unhappy with no X factor in his life. He felt stuck because he was 50 years old and felt he was too far along in his career to risk his retirement if he changed jobs. But then... He looked at it differently. You see, he was thinking about a certain retirement income as his finish line that was linear and uninspiring. When he started to think about what he wanted to do with the second half of his life, what meaningful work he wanted to do, he got inspired and he changed his view to how he felt about his work rather than what he needed to retire. And even though he was 50 years old, he returned to school, earned his PhD and found what he loved to do. Today, he's leading a meaningful program at a major university, impacting thousands of lives, and doing so in one of the most beautiful places on earth. When you clearly define the finish line, the outcome, you're filled with energy. You see, clarity trumps persuasion. Your old story was always trying to persuade you to decide, convince you to be committed, saying over and over again, come and do this or reach this goal. And that gets tiresome. When you write your new story, you see the decision's already been made, and now you can direct your energy towards your end goal, and forget trying to justify the old story you keep telling yourself. You find energy and feeling when you write a new story. When we direct our energy towards our end goal, it gives us this energy to think creatively as to how we might reach it. And when we engage the creative parts of our brain, we awaken this adventurous spirit and the winner within is born of adventure. With an adventurous spirit, we avoid the fear of being overwhelmed. Now, one thing that keeps us from exercising our adventurous spirit can be the reluctance to leave what is familiar and easy. And this can keep us from stepping out into the unknown. Don't buy into that limited way of thinking. If you've ever trained for a marathon, you know about forcing your body to step out of the comfort zone. In fact, Running 26.2 miles feels impossible, but by keep sticking to your training schedule week after week, you stretch yourself a little further with each run. When you follow a training program that forces you to push beyond what your body would naturally allow you to do, you soon discover you can go farther and faster than you thought possible. Then, once you discover that, the adventurous part of your work kicks in as you step up your workouts to include sprints and cross-training, and these variations give you added energy to your plan without changing your end goal. Now, the next thing I'd suggest with your X-Factor to find it and keep it is to take responsibility not just for your successes, but for your failures as well. President Obama told the graduates at Kalamazoo High School The truth is, no matter how hard you work, you won't necessarily ace every class or succeed in every job. There will be times when you screw up. And when that happens, it's the easiest thing in the world to start looking around for someone to blame. Your professor was too hard, or your boss was a jerk, or the coach was playing favorites, or your friends just didn't understand. You see, when we take responsibility, we are left without excuse. And this elevates our motivation, eliminates procrastination. So don't make excuses. You see, the old story is like the one Brian Tracy often tells of the construction worker who opens up his lunchbox at the noon break and unwraps his sandwich to find that it contains sardines. And he gets really upset and complains loudly to everyone around him about how much he hates sardines. The next day, the same thing happens, a sardine sandwich. Again, the construction worker shouts and complains about how much he hates sardines for lunch. The third day, it happens again, and by this time, his fellow workers are getting just fed up with his loud complaining, and one of them leans over and says to him, if you hate sardines so much, why don't you tell your wife to make you some other type of sandwich? And the construction worker turns to him and says, well, I'm not married. I make my own lunches. I like to compare taking responsibility to getting car sick at times. You see, we rarely get car sick when we are driving the car. How come? car sickness is motion sickness. It happens because your inner ear says that you're moving, but you're looking at the inside of the car, which is not moving. But when you're driving, you clearly see the landscape. You see the ups and the downs as well as feel them. It's the same in life. When we take charge of action, give up excuses and accept responsibility, give up our passive position, if you will, we are immune to the typical things that sidetrack us. Small things don't get in our way. We have more discipline and drive. And when we take the helm, when we're steering our ship and take over navigational responsibilities in our life, we're much more likely to take action and feel like taking action. When we take responsibility, we move. It's that simple. When you take responsibility, you'll finish what you started. So, as we end today, remember Laura Hildebrand. Like her, sitting somewhere in your life's desk drawer is the story that you should be writing. And when you find it, you'll find that X factor that will fill you with creativity. You can leave your old story behind and write your new story when you choose your course of action, clearly see the finish line, let go of old justifications, and take full responsibility because you are headed towards the part of you that is your true identity. Next time on Open Your Eyes, we'll be learning about the key character trait that has the power to change you and those around you. I hope to see you again.